Welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Well, welcome to another episode of the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. We are continuing on in the book of Galatians. And once again, I've got Christian with me. And Christian, it's Sunday night. It's been a long weekend. How's your weekend been? Uh, very relaxing, really. I I was at the beach for a conference, but I also really got to enjoy the nice weather and uh, a lot of good food down there. <laughs> awesome. But anyway, Christian, today we are going on in Galatians chapter 4. And this gets really, really exciting because the past few chapters in Galatians, we've really seen maybe the negative aspect of one's living under the law, right? So Paul, the apostle, essentially is battling the Jewish tradition and battling the religious concepts so that the believers could be free. The believers could be free from slavery under the law. But free to get into what, I think, is the next question. Because freedom without a direction actually is really, really bad. We've seen that many a times when people try to remove the laws to become free, but they are not going into something else, they end up actually worse off than they were before. But Galatians 4 actually shows us what we are inheriting. Do you mind reading Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7? Sure thing. Uh, This is Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. But I say... As long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, though he is Lord of all. But he is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. So also we, when we were children, were kept in slavery under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, that he might redeem those under law that we might receive the sonship. And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So then you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, an heir also through God. Amen. A lot to unpack there, Christian. But the key word and the thing that we want to focus on today is this matter of becoming sons of God. Christian, there are a lot of concepts about what it means to become a son of God. And there are things that we say, but things we might not mean. So Christian, do you mind maybe even telling us your progression in understanding this matter of becoming a son of God? I think from my own experience, um, maybe I first heard about we're children of God in a kind of a general way, 
as a believer or uh, I'm a son of God in a general way. Um, but I never really thought too much about it. Like that, that doesn't, that didn't mean a whole lot to me. Uh, probably not until I started really reading the Bible a lot more. I think for me personally, the first kind of time I, I really saw something was actually back in the beginning of the Gospel of John, where John's saying um, we, that we weren't born of flesh and blood, but of God. And, uh, and if we believe, then we're children of God. We're really, and we really are children of God. And, you know, that, that's kind of very interesting. You know, he, he says that. And then also, I think Romans chapter eight, it says that the spirit himself witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. And then um, I think we even talked about this in the Romans podcast, that progression there from children to sons um, going forward. So uh, I, I think, but eventually the point is, as I grew in my own Christian experience and began to, you know, kind of come to a point like either this is real or this is not, I began to appreciate, wow, I'm a son of God. Like in these verses here in Galatians, they say, you're a son of God. That changes things when you start to think, just even think about it, like, I'm a son of God. Like, what does that mean? Well, well, first, how can we be a son of God? It says here that God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So this was our regeneration. When we believed into God, when we believed into the Lord, we made that organic connection with him. And he was able to get into us. And as a result, we've received the divine life, the divine seed, right? The seed for a new life. And because we have that life, that's what qualifies us to be a son. It's not just figuratively speaking, I'm a son of God. Literally speaking, I'm a son of God when I receive God into me. That's what happened, at least according to the word. Amen. Yeah, Christian, you know, growing up in the Baptist church, we used to say that we are born again Christians all the time. But in my experience, what that meant was, well, then we were legally adopted by God. So you start questioning, okay, well, am I born again, according to John th uh, 3? Or are we just adopted that we're just you know, we are still the same, but now the God has brought us into his family. And yes, it is a miracle and it is glorious that God has brought us into the family. He has adopted, quote unquote, us. But that is not the thought in the, biblical, in the Bible. In fact, the thought is that we truly are born again, meaning we truly have God's life. Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we become God-like in the Godhead. We are not part of the Trinity. The Father, Son, and the Spirit, they're eternal and forever, and we have no part in that era. We do not get worshipped according to that. But also, we cannot ignore John 3, where it says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
And essentially, the Lord is talking about us, that we are not just adopted into the family legally, but actually we are regenerated. We are born again. We have God's quote-unquote DNA. He truly is our Abba Father. And because He is our Father, now we actually become heirs of God, which is what we're talking about. And Christian, while we're on this matter of being sons, I actually want to read this verse in John 20, um, John chapter 20. And this is the Lord. He had been resurrected and he was waiting there and Mary the Magdalene essentially was crying and the Lord actually had a conversation with her. So this is after the Lord's death and resurrection. And the Lord told Mary, I am going to my father and your father and my God and your God. So this is verse 17. Lord, the Lord was telling, telling Mary, go tell my brothers that not only is God my father, he is now your father. Not only is he my God, he is now your God. And when I say that he is your father, I mean that he has born you. The way to live the Christian life hinders on having God's life. So what I mean by that is you look at the Lord's life on the earth at that time. It, it truly is divine. There is no human being on the earth that could ever live the way Christ lived. Mainly because he was fully dependent on the Father. His life was one with the Father. His life was always communicating with the Father. But now he wants us to have that same type of living. And Christian, that is impossible unless we are born again of his life. Because out of that, Christian, we also get his nature. So what do you think about that matter of having his life and his nature? Uh, I think that's great, Tim. I think that's very much according to what the word says, right? Like you said from John 3, 6, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which, of the, which is born of the spirit is spirit. And that portion from John 20, that's so, uh, that's actually, that's so sweet, right? The Lord, he called them, you know, go and tell my brothers and my father and, and your father. I think it's so sweet, you know, and that we can really hold on to these divine facts from the word and apply them to ourselves. And I don't, I don't want to apply this in a, in a law kind of way as it might be our habits sometimes uh-oh now i'm a son of god i gotta start acting like a son of god <laughs> no that that'll that'll just be a, a spiritual burnout and maybe we need to go through that experience to, so that the lord can show us in ourselves no in our flesh we are not sons of god but in our spirit and as so as we learn to live according to our spirit, by by the, the person, by our inner man, then there's there's a true expression of the, the Son of God in us. And we're and we really have that, that expression as sons of God. So uh, again, I, I think even I'm glad we're we're fellowshipping about this as a reminder to myself. Amen, Lord. I'm a son. And that that kind of helps to guide me and cause me to turn to him more importantly because oh lord 
how much of a sun did I live like this past week? I don't know. <laughs> Praise the Lord that uh, we're really his sons. Amen. Yeah, amen, Christian. And and like you said, it's not that now we're a son, we better start acting like it. But according to Second Peter 1.4, it says that you may participate in the divine nature. And I want to bring this out. You know, every animal, every creature has a nature, right? A dog's nature is to bark. A cat's nature is to meow. And you can train and you can train and you can train. But at the end of the day, a dog is going to bark and a cat's going to meow. Well, God, even though he's not a created being, he has a divine nature. He has a divine response to things. And now that we are born again of his life, we actually have access to his nature. And this actually brings us to another point I want to bring out. And this will be our final point in the book of Galatians at least these first few verses is and is that the matter of a slave versus a son so essentially in the beginning of chapter 4 what he's talking about is you might be a son but if you're young you're no different than a slave and that makes sense i have a lot of children christian i have inheritances i want to get give them and you know we have a trust for them but we know that until they're mature they cannot handle that trust. They cannot handle that inheritance because there needs to be some maturity before that happens. Well, in this matter, there's the same thing. Christian, if we are born again Christians, but we're still baby Christians, then we essentially we're no different than unbelievers that are under the law. We need the law to guide us. So we need the law to tell us what to do. We need the law to do this and do that for us. But Paul is essentially emphasizing this need to grow, to mature. So Christian, I'm going to ask you, how do we as Christians grow and mature more in God? Is it just memorizing more verses? Is it doing more mission trips? Is it, I don't know, going to more church services on Sunday and Wednesday and maybe Tuesday? What does it mean to grow, to become mature? The first few things that came to mind were um, there's some verses in 1 Corinthians where it says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, but God causes the growth. So in a sense, only God can cause the growth. But I, I will say on our side, it's it's a cooperation. Right? We have all the pictures around us in nature, even our human physical body. How do you cause growth? Pro proper nutrition for us, we have to eat. So spiritually, there has to be the spiritual nutrients and the spiritual watering, and that's up to us. That's the word. You know, the Lord said, man lives not by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out through the mouth of Jehovah. So really is the lord's mercy we, and we have to pray lord i we just have to talk to the lord like lord i don't i get tired when i'm reading your word and like how much should i read and i don't know how to eat your word you know we, we have to have these kind of conversations open up to the lord and i think that that really opens up the fellowship between us and the lord 
that really becomes a, a, a spiritual nutrition to us. <laughs> so I guess my, my long-winded answer is we, we need the spiritual nutrition through the spiritual fellowship with the Lord and with other believers. Amen. Yeah, amen, Christian. I will add on to what you said there about this matter of eating and nutrition. So that obviously is number one. You have to eat the word. You have to eat the Lord, right? In John 6, the Lord says, I am the bread of life that came down out of heaven. Um, and he was referring to the picture of manna that, you know, his ancestors ate the bread that was given to God, but they died. But he says, I am the true bread that actually comes down out of heaven. I'm the one that will supply you. And so, like you said, spending time with the Lord, fellowshipping with the Lord, praying with the Lord, those are crucial to our growth. The second thing that I appreciate, though, is also service. And this has a lot to do with not just you personally, but you and how you relate to other brothers and sisters, how you relate to unbelievers. Because I believe when you serve God, that really stretches how much growth you have. So what I mean by that is, how do you know how grown you are until you start to serve, right? And then once you start to serve the Lord, and that could be preaching the gospel, that could be opening your home for other believers to come and fellowship, that could be something non-spiritual, that could be taking care of young people and teenagers and the youth and playing basketball with them, shepherding them their souls, all this matters really shows you how much God you have. So always, the reason I bring this up is in the book of Matthew, often there are these parables. And there are ones that relate to life with God. And then there are ones that relate to us as one serving God. And they are tied hand in hand. So on one aspect, we need to eat to allow this life to grow and be nourished. On the other aspect, we have to serve. We have to learn to serve God. And I think during those times, me personally, that is when I realize how immature I still am in the Lord. When I'm trying to shepherd a couple, or I'm trying to shepherd my children, that's really when I get exposed of how little growth I actually have. And the reason we need to go, grow is because in this chapter, it says we are heirs. We inherit something. And what is that thing that we inherit? We inherit all that God is. Christian, that is so much better than being under the law. And essentially, that is what Paul is saying here. Paul is saying, why are you doing this? Going back under the law again, you could inherit all that God is. And that just, that just needs hallelujahs. And that's what God wants to. He wants to give himself to us. Uh, but to do that, we have to realize, like you said, Christian, A, we are sons of God. We truly have been born again. We truly have his life. We are not just adopted and we have our own life and he has his own life, but we truly are born again. And now because we have his life, we actually can function. We can serve. We can grow. And the more we grow, the more God we inherit. And this is a true day-by-day -day matter. Well, Christian, I think we should probably stop here because I could probably go on forever. But any closing thoughts you have tonight? Just praise the Lord again for the word. 
divine facts in the word. Uh, here speaking that we're really sons of God and that we really have a, an Abba Father who cares for us and who, who knows all of our needs. So uh, praise the Lord um, that we can enjoy, enjoy this and enter into this reality even more. Amen. Amen, Christian. Well, thanks for your time tonight. We will be moving on next week into a deeper matter of this son and slave picture. But until then, we will catch up later, Christian. Thanks. But in God's word, the light I found, now Christ liveth in me. Christ liveth in me. That Christ liveth in me As rays of light from yonder sun The flowers of earth set